Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I don't love junior mints. I just don't hate them. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why they are treated like second-class candy. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Oh, there's a, there's you don't a understand fantasy why a candy that is basically toothpaste wrapped up in stale chocolate is treated like a second-class candy. All right, I get it. It's a good, valid question. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Is there a time to change? You know, the three teams I've drafted this year, <laughs> second-class candy is pretty good. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Rolling into the 5 o'clock hour here on WGR. Thanks for hanging with me today. Mike has the day off today. I am the Bulldog along with Zach Jones. Happy to welcome back to the show on the West Her Hotline our buddy Matthew Collar from Minneapolis by way of Buffalo. Matthew, are you are you at the Combine? Have you been at the Combine? Are you home from the Combine? What sort of Combine activity have you had this week? Well, I just ran the 40, and my hip flexor is, is hurting a little bit. But, uh, no, I, I was at the uh, Combine for a couple days there, did the whole coaches' podiums and everything else, and then I just arrived uh, back here last night. Because, you know, I thought to myself, I don't think I need to go to those quarterback podiums. And, uh, wow, did I turn out to be right because <laughs> they are a bleep show. So uh, I made a good choice returning. <laughs> What, what 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 why why do you say that what 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 about I watched I took in a lot of that but you just mean volume of reporters ridiculous questions about being able to land airplanes or like what what are you what are you referring to uh, yeah another guy on our beat texted me someone keeps asking them if they believe in birds and I was like okay well yeah you know, okay uh, but when you go there there's all these you know all these lecterns or whatever and then yeah. you know you go up and and so forth but. When someone like Caleb Williams or another quarterback is there, they're usually the only one talking at that time. So every person who is still in Indy bum rushes this podium. And, you, I mean, what am I, am I going to ask him about how he handles two deep coverages or something? I mean, the, the first joker comes out and screams, do you not want to compete in these events? They're like, uh, okay, yeah, this is going to be really productive. So, yeah, I was, I was fine. We're just coming home and I'll watch the rest. I see. Yeah. I did see on Twitter midweek here at some point there, there was a prospect who did question the authenticity of birds, uh, which I don't know if that was in response to someone questioning him about it. I'm not sure birds are real. There was one, there was another dude I saw talking about the earth maybe being flat and not believing there are other planets. 
You know, that kind of sounds like America a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, you're just like, oh, okay, let, let's all hear him out. Let's hear him out. Right. Yeah, I know. That that was the type of stuff that was coming up. But mostly, though, mostly those are pretty productive. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. – and it really shows you, you know, that some people are just there to try to go viral, which, you know, I think they need to clean that up a little bit. Because when you go to the po- coach podiums and it's actual adults who have done many press conferences in their life – I don't think anyone's walking up to Sean Payton and being like, do you believe in in birds? Because you're about to get dunked on like you've never been hit before. So, you know, I just uh, – it's a little bit of a bleep show. But, I mean, for the most part, very productive to talk with, you know, GMs, head coaches, our, our beat. And I think this works this yep. way in most places. Sat down with the GM and the head coach and had like a 40-minute conversation just about everything that's going on. So it's great from my perspective and everything else. But – uh, people see that and go like, "What? What is this? Like Super Bowl night?" Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is like this, this event. The league has turned this thing into such an event that you've. Are we going to have reporters from TV stations in wedding dresses proposing like that? Is that is that what's next at the combine? I, I don't know. I don't know that Sal Capaccio would stand for it. I don't know. Just object vigorously to this sort of thing. Matthew Collar on the Western Hotline with us here, of course, covers the Vikings. So you mentioned you sat down with the with the decision making hierarchy of the Vikings. Um, should we start with the Jefferson contract? Um, like, how how do you see that ending? Is is because I, I I know there's been some, you know, anybody says they want to be paid at the top of the top of the class, fans usually turn on guys or can turn on guys. We've all seen this over the years. Um, what's the lay of the land with Jefferson, and how cumbersome might this contract extension for him become? So, yeah, there's a lot of kind of context behind the whole thing. I mean, first, this is the best player at his position in the entire NFL, and he will sign a long-term contract extension with the Minnesota Vikings. I have zero doubts about that. And it was interesting to see just how ticked off the uh, head coach and GM were that there was any suggestion otherwise by anyone who's, again, I guess trying to get picked up by aggregation websites. (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, there is no validity whatsoever to any idea that they would trade. This is not a Stefan Diggs situation where Diggs was clearly very unhappy in Minnesota. It's, it's not like that. Uh, the way that the league is set up with their collective bargaining agreement, you would be out of your skull to be Justin Jefferson and not sign with your team because you're going to play on a fifth-year option and then be franchise tagged twice. So, yeah, we'll see you in 2027. Like, you're not going to do that. And the same with Nick Bosa last year. I looked this up. Nick Bosa signed his extension on September 9th. So we could be here a while, and there's going to be a lot of suggestions and people who put Justin Jefferson in a Jets jersey and all sorts of nonsense until then. But at the end of the day, everybody knows that he's going to be the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL by a mile, that he has you know, a great argument for that, and he's put up some of the best numbers in the history of the game and the Vikings know that if they're going to succeed in the future, trading him away is not a way to do it. And I think we see some of the best teams in the league. I mean, you don't have to look far. I mean, when Stefan Diggs arrives and starts playing with Josh Allen, uh, look at Allen's production after that. We saw it in Miami with Tyree kill when he gets there uh, for years with Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams. It's not that these quarterbacks wouldn't be good, but it's certainly better when the guy is mm-hmm. wide open all the time and catches everything. So th- there's no world where they let him go. And I, it's just kind of been frustrating and speaks to the media world we live in where 
some guy who is a part-time columnist for the second best newspaper in the Twin Cities throws in one line that that wasn't even indicating this was actually going to happen, and then it gets picked up everywhere, and then I see Stephen A. Smith talking about it. I'm like, this, what? <laughs> like, this, this isn't even close to something that's going on. So it's going to take a while, but I have no doubt that this will all get resolved at some point. This is our existence with Diggs currently, uh, and also any time a big-name running back gets mentioned as being traded or available or whatever, disgruntled, Maybe that has calmed down now that James Cook has broken through, but for the last couple of years, you know, you, you pick the name of a running back, oh, Bills, 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 <laughs> going all the way back to before McCaffrey got traded to San Francisco. So I know of what you speak. I'll mention this, and I'm not looking for clicks by saying this. The only question I would have about committing a massive contract to Jefferson right now is the timing of it considering where the Vikings are at at quarterback. Uh, because there's, I, I don't know, you, well, you certainly can fill us in. Um, does re-signing Jefferson, committing to him, mean more Kirk Cousins? Are you free agent shopping? Are you drafting a guy? Because committing big money to a receiver and not knowing for sure you've got a proven guy to throw him the ball, I mean, you can get a couple of years into that extension and have some remorse about it, I think. Uh, yeah, that is possible, but also if you're talking about like how do I make my next quarterback succeed, because eventually there will be a next quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. None of us really know if Kirk Cousins is coming back, but if you're going to compete with Kirk Cousins, which you would only bring him back if you think you can win now, well, then you need Justin Jefferson. But also, if you draft Bo Nix, are you making Bo Nix better by getting rid of the best player on earth at catching the football? <laughs> of course not. And Think about this. If Justin Jefferson went to uh, whatever rent-a-car place, um, you know, advertises on WGR and said, can I rent a car? They would say, no, you're not old enough. Like, this guy is <laughs> not even old enough to rent cars at this moment. This is somebody that you want for the next 10 years. So, you know, there have been plenty of teams. i, I give it an example. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, for example. There were some down years where Ryan Lindley and Drew Stanton are hucking it toward Larry Fitzgerald. But eventually, Kurt Warner showed up, and they went back to the Super Bowl. I mean, these guys mm-hmm. have the potential to make a good quarterback great. We saw that also. I mean, Jalen Hurts almost won the MVP of this league. Or did he win MVP? No, I, either way. Uh, but like he, almost, uh, he was in the Super Bowl. Right. And they got A.J. Brown, and they paid him the most money. I, it's, it's just very clear that the circumstances we put quarterbacks in matter so much. And if you have – Mahomes, because, of course, everyone brings this up. Oh, well, look at Kansas City. Actually, go look at Kansas City's offensive production with Tyree Kill and without. They still found a way to win the Super Bowl because he's an alien, but they weren't as effective. And for mm-hmm. most of the year, I think a lot of us thought, like, is this team even going to go anywhere? Uh, because they didn't have those receivers. So, I mean, to me, this is a player who you're looking to have for 10 more years and you're looking to put in your ring of honor just before he you know, picks up his gold jacket, not somebody where you think, oh, well, if we you know, traded him now, we could get a defensive tackle. <laughs> okay. Like that's, that seems like a bad idea. You should go get your defensive tackle elsewhere. Right. Matthew Collar on the Western Hotline with us here on WGR talking about the Vikings offseason. So the guaranteed money, I've seen that too, or maybe, I don't know, is that from the columnist at the second best paper? I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm sorry, I, I may have clicked on something I shouldn't have clicked on. Um, that 
is there what what are the potential problems in getting a contract done? Does he want the whole thing guaranteed a la Deshaun Watson or I guess Kirk Cousins? Uh and is that going to be a problem for the Vikings? I don't know exactly where that came from. I think it might have been a even less credible source at mm. Pro Football Talk, but hard to say. Uh you know, I think that when it comes to the guaranteed money issue, you're looking at the comparables. So he's going to look at Nick Bosa as being the highest paid non-quarterback and say, I think he's got something like $88 million fully guaranteed, which is the number that matters the most. And the Vikings are going to look at it and say, whoa, 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 A.J. Brown has $56 million fully guaranteed. So let's, let's find somewhere. And also if they were to use his fifth-year option and two franchise tags, what would that add up to? That's one way they usually come to the fully guaranteed money because if he did just stick it out for the next three years and not sign an extension, he would get paid that much already. And, and, you know, I think when it's somebody this expensive and this important, there's just a lot of details that go into it. I mean, so when that money shows up, what the flexibility is, you know, for him, uh, for them to be able to, you know, transfer money and, and, and renegotiate the contract or whatever it is they do. Uh, changing base salary into bonus, I think, is the thing. Um, but that mm-hmm. creates cap space. So they need options down the road when his cap hit's supposed to be $40 million, and then they push the button and make it $20 million. Like that, That's what they're going to want to put in. I also think, too, if I'm Justin Jefferson, I want a shorter deal. I don't want a five-year contract where I'm dead set in this spot and the team holds all the cards uh, to do whatever they want in the future. And I also have probably noticed that Amazon – keeps buying more football games and the salary cap keeps going up. So as soon as I sign this, and if I, if I have a five-year deal, I can't hit the lottery again. So if I'm Jefferson, I'm looking for more like a three-year deal. Can they meet in the middle? And the answer is yes, they can, because that's how it works. And even the general manager of the Vikings, Kwesi Adapalmenta, said like deadlines make deals and we're nowhere close to that deadline. He said, if I could, I would do it today and get this done. But what's likely to happen is it goes down to the final minute in training camp. And you know, the other part of it is that they negotiated a deal last year in an unusual circumstance because he was coming off only his third year instead of his fourth of his rookie deal. Usually that only happens with quarterbacks. Um, but because Jefferson is so important, they negotiated with him. If that hadn't happened, I don't think any of this noise would have existed because now people could say, well, they already didn't get a deal done once. They wouldn't have negotiated that with anybody else who wasn't him. So what is the way forward at quarterback then? <laughs> like Cousins feels to me like he's a certain level of good, but I, I feel like you might know. I don't know if your opinion about this has changed. Mine hasn't. I, I think he's his ceiling. I think we've seen his ceiling. Um, so do you keep going that route? Uh, do you let him leave? Is there a free agent idea that you think they like, or you like, or are we to, like you said, Bo Nix? You know, what's funny about this. I, I was thinking about it when you asked me to come on. So I was like, who could I compare this to in Bill's history? This thing with Kirk. And I came up with nobody because <laughs> the bills have never had like this mediocre, or at least I'm not old enough, like mediocre star quarterback this average 12th best quarterback. It's either they had God in Jim Kelly or God in uh, Josh Allen or a hundred miles of crap. So 
it's hard maybe to explain Mm -hmm. to the audience what it's like to have the 12th best quarterback in the league because that means that 11 teams are better than you at the most important position. And Cousins always demands the highest price tags. And you just can't build a full roster around somebody with huge cap hits on short-term deals that don't give any flexibility uh, to be able to work around them unless you, you know, give a bunch of void years and then screw yourself in the future. It's always been a problem. And the other thing is, too, that the things that Mahomes and Allen do when things go wrong and they make it right and they do something special, something that makes you jump out of your chair and lose your mind, that's not something Kirk Cousins is capable of. You only go as far as what's there, who's open, because he's not going to make a play outside of that, how well your defense plays. It's a good example uh, the last time they were in the playoffs against the Giants where he checked down on fourth and eight at the end of the game. Somebody somebody got a little pressure. If that guy gets pressure on Josh Allen, he runs for a first down, we keep playing, they probably win the game. But instead it was, well, you know, it's not Kirk's fault because the guard gave up some pressure. Right, but the game is the guards are always giving up pressure. Right, right. Did, did you see Dallas Turner run at the combine? He ran like a four, four, seven or something. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Greg Van Rotten will be fine taking on this guy. <laughs> it's just like you need somebody to make a play, and right. the, and he's just not a playmaker. So it puts a cap on what you can be. And in order to get thirteen wins, they had to have everything go right for them, and still were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. So I don't understand what any argument is for bringing him back. Uh, Also, the Vikings have about nine positions that they need to fill in free agency just to have a starting lineup, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, to me uh, how they're supposed to do that. I just don't see any argument for bringing him back. And yet Kirk Cousins holds this weird thing on people, especially coaches, where they say, well, we could do a lot worse than Kirk. Mm -hmm. And they're right, of course. I mean, look. We went through E.J. Manuel, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kelly Holcomb, J.P. Lossman. It's a nightmare when those guys are your quarterback, and the coach always gets fired. So coaches are like, well, maybe we could just work around, Kirk, and maybe I could just scheme, and maybe, maybe, maybe. But what often happens is you get fired anyway because he sets the expectations just high enough for you to fall short of them with him, and then you lose your job. So for me, it's they should consider trading up if someone wants to do it. They should consider taking the number 11 pick or if they feel like, you know, somebody's going to be available in the later first round trade down, but any world where they bring back Kirk cousins. And I just don't see how this ever changes from what it's been. Yeah. How I know we talked about the quarterback series on Netflix, maybe the last time you and I visited alone. I think we've talked to you since then with Mike and I together, but it feels like last spring at some point you and I did this and I mentioned how, and I think a lot of people had this same reaction, like Cousins seems like a really likable, easy to root for good guy. I wonder if in like your, in your orbit, whether that has swayed more fans to what you're describing. Like he's got this holdover, you know, teams, maybe the fan base is like, Oh, he's such a good guy. I'm, I'm really rooting for him now, you know, cause he, he made those sounds when he got hit and I can really feel for him. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Has that changed his public perception in Minneapolis with the fan base? So after that Netflix documentary came out and a bunch of people watched it, I interviewed um, I, a half a dozen fans who had watched it to get their reaction. And almost every one of them said, that was really great, and I really respect this guy 
but it's time to move on. I mean, he's going to be 36 years old. And if you go through the history of the last, I don't know, two decades or something, it's really hard to find someone who's 36 or older who goes anywhere that's not named Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Only the greatest of all time have ever succeeded into their late 30s. But he's going to be different coming off of an Achilles. I mean, I think that everybody is logical enough to have figured that out. I mean, of course, you have the people who sort of intentionally troll everyone on the Internet saying, no, they need Kirk. They'll win this time. But no one thinks that. We've had six years of this. I mean, it, it reminds me very much of Derek Carr with the Raiders, where you're like, did you ever care about Derek Carr? Like you in Buffalo, were you like, oh, man, you got to watch out for them Raiders. No, No. like that's how everyone feels about the Vikings and look at their division as well. I mean, you have Caleb Williams is going to go play for the bears and they're on the, on the rise. The lions were in the NFC championship uh, game. And then uh, the green Bay Packers now have their franchise quarterback in Jordan love. You're going to compete with that. Like it's just, it's really hard to see that actually happening. So I think the fan base has actually been very logical about this. And I don't hear too many people saying, Oh yeah, bring them back, bring them back. The locker room likes him. Justin Jefferson likes him. Everybody likes Kirk Cousins, but that's not the game, right? The game is to win a Super Bowl. And to me, if they bring him back, they are actively trying not to win the Super Bowl, just trying to be not terrible. Right. And uh, I guess you're allowed to do that, but it uh, wouldn't be my strategy. So what, What? like, I don't know, percent chance. What, what, are the, what, what do you think they'll end up doing? Like, you make a compelling case. I agree with you. Um, I think you, know, you can only keep hitting your head on the same ceiling so many times before you got to blast it out of the way somehow, and that's moving on from the guy. But I don't know. Will, will they do it? The Jefferson piece of this is is maybe they're connected, right? Um, I don't think that just talking to people in Indy, um, I have to use that line at least once. Right. Um, but I don't think that Jefferson matters in that equation because he looks at it like, well, one of the things I know about Justin Jefferson is he wants to win and he has zero playoff wins with Kirk cousins. So if you told them that a parakeet was going to throw him the ball, but they could win more, he wouldn't care. I, it's not like this is my guy and I'll never play for anybody else. So he's, he's fine. Uh, but as far as like the percentage chance, this is something I have swung back and forth on. What I understand about this situation is that the Vikings are going to make him an offer and he's either going to accept it or he's going to go to Atlanta or he's going to go to Denver or he's going to go to Vegas on a higher offer. And they're not going to move off of that. So they think, all right, this is the number that we're going to put down. And I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people in the front office, are hoping he doesn't take it. But the head coach, who is very important to this equation, Kevin O'Connell, very popular head coach in the NFLPA survey, was the highest-rated head coach. I think he wants Kirk Cousins back because he's afraid of having bad quarterback play. And I I think he wants to bring him back and draft a quarterback to develop. But I don't think you can have your cake and eat it, too. So I think that Kirk will get a higher offer and probably leave but nothing would really surprise me. Here. Right. Is there a, a, a quarterback of, you know, in this class that you like, assuming, I don't know, I guess anything's possible. They could trade up to get one of the big three, uh, but maybe on the second tier here, is there a guy you like? We are so terrible at picking out which quarterbacks are going to be good <laughs> that I'm just like, yes. Like, do you like any of them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, I do. Right. Because – so I watch J.J. McCarthy hand off every single play in the national championship, and I'm like, this is the person that we're you know, talking about for a first-round 
But if they take him, that means that the much more qualified than me head coach of the team, former NFL quarterback, likes him. Go for it. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, you know, Josh Allen versus Josh Rosen. I mean, Josh Rosen was so much more polished. Mm -hmm. He was super accurate, great footwork. All the draft analysts just fell in love with him. And he is out of the league, and Josh Allen is the best quarterback. And it's just like, we don't know anything, man. So just, I, my thing is, like, whoever they take, I'll think it's a great idea because I have no idea if it's going to work out. Um, I'm a little more leery of McCarthy because he just didn't throw a lot of passes in college. And when you're talking about, well, he's raw and he's got to develop, but he's not Anthony Richardson or Josh Allen raw. Right. He's like 6'3" and like kind of fast raw. So I, I don't know about that, but um, I think if they put in Bo Nix or Michael Penix, I really like Michael Penix. I mean, how often has Washington in our lives ever been anything? And then he's in the national championship game, throwing BBs all over the place. Like, I don't know. looks good to me. Have him throw it deep to Justin Jefferson and we'll see what happens. Matthew, appreciate the time very much. Should be very fascinating to see how things go with the Vikings here and uh, their quarterback choice and, of course, this Jefferson contract. Enjoy the offseason. Congre- i, I got to mention, uh, you want to mention the book? Uh, it's available everywhere, right? Um, seeing you making the rounds at Super Bowl week, uh, it, you know, in, in you know, Radio Row was kind of surreal. Like, having been there many years ago now, and like, there's Matthew Collar. Like, he's, he's, this is pretty cool. Anyway, great success. What, tell us about the book again quick before you go. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, And thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's called Football is a Numbers Game. And I did have someone say to me in Indy, hey, our front office was reading your book. So that was like the highlight of Indy. That was like text the wife right after, uh, you know. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it was, it's really about the analytics revolution and where pro football focus fits into it. And I guess the best I would do in an elevator pitch is just to say, if you think you, you know them from Twitter or something, you have no idea all the things that PFF is doing to influence the NFL. And I found out. So that's why, you know, people have uh, – enjoyed it i think all right good cheers man congrats uh best to you and everything going on up there for you and uh look forward to visiting again soon man sounds great thanks for having me man that's our dude matthew collar from minneapolis on the vikings interesting off season for them thinking about cousins and where he'll end up i don't i don't think we have enough openings to have a quarterback carousel draft we've we've touched on this a couple times but sort of guessing where guys might land could be fun for us to kick around here in the next few minutes. Lines are open. You got a big idea for the Bills, uh, free agency, the draft, a guy you like, anything uh, you want is fair game here. 803-0550, again, is the number. I am the Bulldog. Mike Shope is off today along with Zach Jones. You are listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 